You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Uh, As you've probably figured out uh, from the title of this week's episode, we are back with yet another semifinal matchup in this blood sport competition. So uh, we're going to be presenting from the heartland of America. Right, Neil? That's right. We're going to be here in the Midwest slash North sector of the United States. Uh, Some would say where the nicest people are from. Um, and all those people actually live in other states and tell them that they're from the Midwest. But still, I think it counts. Uh, but yeah, this is a Midwest slash North. Uh, I think we're going to have uh, representatives today from Minnesota and Illinois. So we're going to see who's going to reign supreme and move on to the final eight. Uh, how are you feeling about today's episode, Jeff? Oh, I'm feeling great. Always uh, always good to have some friendly faces back uh, on the recording with us. Uh, first and foremost, and certainly never least, uh, Ryan, our, our awesome host. And uh, we really couldn't do this without you. So uh, why don't you tell the folks about yourself for the, I don't know, 15th time now? And uh, we'll go from there. Well, I have a special... I have a special investment in this because I myself am a Heartland person, though I come from the Plains state of Kansas, and I contend that the Midwest should be divided between the Plains states and the Great Lakes states, because the Great Lakes states are all the big brother kind who bully their way into being like, we're the Midwest, but y'all are city folk to us. (laughs) (laughs) There are cornfields three minutes from my house. I'm surprised they're not I, in your I, I'm in Kansas. I, 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 I burned pastures when I was three. I've been to Oz and back, and uh, I work in a wheat field. So <laughs> I don't. I live in the largest city in the state, and I work in a museum. So it's all the opposite of that. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Ryan, uh, something tells me those those boots haven't uh, seen much of a hard day's work, but uh, – I'm I'm too much of a pretty boy. I to was going to say they it are still rather fashionable. So, correct. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, uh, let's turn it over to our competitors for this week. Uh, returning from uh, the first round, uh, fan favorite, of course, of us and also of the show, uh, Jay Jay Borsom's back. How are you doing today, Jay? Uh, I'm hanging in there, Jeff. How the heck are you, my friend? Uh, I think I, we never talk anymore. I I know. I you know I became a hermit. And uh, no, not true at all. But uh... <laughs> no, I think it you never talk. You never call. Yeah. If, if any of us became a hermit, I think it's me. I've been shackled in my basement since March of 2020. 
Yeah, I, I definitely get the feeling. Um, you know, life will never be the same. But uh, fortunately, we still have trivia. So, um, yeah, but uh, anything else new and exciting with you since we last spoke? Uh, nothing I think I'm really at liberty to divulge at the moment. Ooh. Spoiler, spoiler, tease, tease. Ah. Uh, but yeah, just keeping on with the keeping on these days, in all honesty. Well, there's a lot to keep on, usually in your camp, so uh, always good to have you. And uh, our other competitor uh, coming to us, as Neil said, from Minnesota, which is the other appropriate time to say nice, uh, is Brian Peterson de la Cueva. So how are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. Excited to you know try to redeem the poor performance from the first round. I think we were part of the first wave of really rough uh, performances. <laughs> Hey, you made it out, and uh, you're here with us today, so uh, every new game is a new chance, right? So uh, excited to have you, excited to see how uh, it goes today. Um, today's game is going to be presented in the streak format like the rest of these semifinal games. So if you get one correct, you will be awarded one point. Uh, the second one correct in a row awards you two points, so on and so forth. If you miss a question at any time, you will reset your counter to one uh, for the next correct answer. So uh, hopefully that'll give us a little bit of differentiation between competitors. We've had some awesome games so far, and I'm not going to delay it anymore. I hand it over to Ryan. Alrighty, folks, let's start this. Question number one, which I will paste in the chat for your sake, just because I doubt you'll need it, but I'm respectful. Uh, question number one. Yev Kasem is the real name of a minor but memorable character on a sitcom who is given what nickname because of his strict requirements in his shop? I think I'm good to lock in on this one. Sure, go for it. Brian, you're good to speak a lot if you like. The only thing I could think of would be the soup Nazi from Seinfeld, so that's what I'll lock in with. Sure, and Jay? Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that that was the only thing you could think of, Brian, because that's the first thing I thought of. I'm pretty confident that uh, Yevkisem was the real name of the soup Nazi. Soup Nazi is the correct answer for one point apiece. Let's go into question two. Which 1973 film is known for its use of split pea soup as a production substitute for vomit? I am good to go. I have to say, movies are not my strongest thing, suit, and trying to think what movie from that time period would have had, you know, enough vomiting that it would be known for it. 19th, I'll guess, Willy Wonka. All right, and Jay? I believe that that would be uh, Linda Blair's split pea vomit in The Exorcist. It mm -hmm. is The Exorcist that's correct. That's two points for Jay. Maybe the only vomit that it doesn't really hurt to, you know, just swallow it when you're done because it tastes pretty good, Jeff. It's your favorite soup. I, I didn't say it was my favorite soup, but I do like split pea soup. So, but I, I mean, I would argue it the same way again. I would argue it's the best vomit, but that's not really a high bar. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. Question three, y'all. In the tech world, soup is an acronym used in regards to safety. It regards computer stuff whose level of safety and clearance isn't known or stated and also comes from a potentially ambiguous origin. Soup, in this case, stands for software of unknown what? I've pasted that in the chat for you all. But again, in the tech world, soup 
is an acronym used in regards to safety. It regards computer stuff whose level of safety and clearance isn't known or stated and also comes from a potentially ambiguous origin. SOOP, in this case, stands for Software of Unknown What. I've got my guests locked in. Uh, sure. I mean, a P word kind of came to mind, and I know that it works in other contexts. I have no idea if it was adopted into the tech world, but my first thought went to the word provenance, uh, kind of like the provenance of an artwork. But uh, now that I have a chance to think it through, I'm going to take a chance to think it through because it could be, you know, personage, but probably not. Uh, platform doesn't make a lot of sense here. Uh, soup of unusual size. No, I'm thinking of something different. Um, <laughs> Software of unknown. I think I'm going to stick with first guess, best guess, and say provenance. Sure. And I have Brian? the same guess. Uh, there are two acceptable answers here. It kind of just depends on which you prefer. Uh, those words are either pedigree or provenance. All right. Where were these questions in the first round, Ryan? I, listen, I was like, I'm just, I have to write another set of questions and I wanted to write about soup. So I wrote about soup. I, I was going to say, uh, Jeff said it was a great stream of consciousness. And I said, it's either that or he's just very hungry. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still full, but by the end of this, I'll be there. Hey, let's go to uh, question number four. Minestra maritata is a soup made of broth, greens, meat, and occasionally a little pasta. What do we call this soup in English? The English name is a mistranslation of what maritata means in context. A guest just came to me like a bolt out of the blue, so I'm going to lock in. Looking at it, I was I was thinking, you know, minestrone, but that doesn't usually meet. But uh, I'm guessing with the maritata would be something related that's very similar to like marido or in spanish my guess is it's the italian wedding soup and jay I, again i'm a little annoyed that uh brian has given an answer that i felt came to me out of nowhere uh italian wedding soup seemed good to me uh i dj weddings and there are soups that i like and wedding soup is very hit or miss it really depends on how it's made i know it can be varietal uh, in its formulation. And it looks like marriage and maritata might be misconstrued for each other etymologically. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's because the flavors are all married together. Italian wedding soup is correct. Uh, let's go to question number five, folks. Soup is good food was an advertising slogan used by Campbell's, but it was later used as the title of a song off the 1985 album Frankenchrist by which San Francisco-based punk band? Like many of the band's songs, this track is political in nature, and in this case, is about companies always siding with automation over human workers to save a buck. I don't feel great about it, but I don't think I'm going to come up with a better answer, so I'm locking in. I'm a little annoyed that you're leaving me here to completely expose my ignorance here, but uh, yeah, I really, punk is not a strong area for me, and the ones I could think of are not San Francisco or that I know where they're from. I'll just, I guess, say Black Flag and call it a day. 
All right, and uh, Jay? So I had a really hard time remembering that uh, punk rock wasn't exclusively British in the 80s because I'm like, it's not the Ramones, it's not the Sex Pistols. Who the who the heck else is there? Ramones are American, are they, baby. Oh, How yeah, they're New York. I don't know what I was thinking on that. Um, but, but going back to my train of thought, uh, you know, the first thing that came to mind, it's not the thing I landed on, was Bad Religion, but I feel like they're more 90s. So I tried to, to dial it back just a little bit more and... No confidence on this at all. Uh, I said the misfits. Uh, the the misfits are American, so you're good. Um, the correct answer is Dead Kennedys. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. At least I've heard of it and can feel worse. Dead Kennedys. I wrote real. a pop punk themed round uh, about two years ago where I took the the concept of pop punk and I inverted it, so it was all uh punk lyrics that i rewrote to be about soda and i was in there in my head going who did i write about i wrote about uh the runaways i wrote about bad religion uh i wrote about green day who who else did i get in there and i wrote one about the dead kennedys but could not for the life of me recall them when it mattered there's actually a bunch of good san francisco punk bands um op ivy which became rancid and also um actually green day funny you should say that is also bay area um hey i think that is the halfway point uh, Jeff, how are we doing? Well, um, we're going streaking, as uh, they say in the wonderful 2003 Will Ferrell uh, comedy. Where's the quad? Uh, old school. Um, Brian, excellent start to the, the game. You've got four points for yourself. Uh, Jay, uh, strung together, I think the best uh, performance so far, possibly? The best streak we've seen streak so we've far. Uh, oh, at my goodness. Four. Uh, so you've got a little bit of a lead going on right now, Jay, at 10. So uh, not out of the question. Um, we'll see what the second half brings us, but uh, certainly an excellent performance. We've still got a whole nother half to play. So let's start with question six. The Soup series of young adult literature from the 1970s was highly acclaimed in its time and was loosely based on author Robert Newton Peck's life. Peck is perhaps best remembered, though, for an all-timer YA book titled A Day No What's Would Die. I feel better without a streak on the line uh, here. Um, <laughs> Less pressure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to throw down with a guess that, again, I don't think is right, but nothing better is coming. I'm just going to say bugs. All right, and Jay? I have no idea if I'm even in the universe of the correct answer on this, uh, but I know that there's at least one well-known YA book where, where a pig's uh, life and death mattered. Uh, so I said a day no pigs would die, and I'm just really hoping that I've thrown the right spaghetti at the wall here. Well, that's Charlotte's Web, silly. <laughs> the correct answer is a day no pigs is would die. Is it really? Oh, my God. Okay, that didn't come <laughs> out of nowhere. Whew. No, that is correct. I thought we were talking about the beloved children's book, Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they die. The children, the children yearn for the mines and the uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. <laughs> okay. Um. Hey. Next question number seven. Before inspirational memes and posts your aunt shared on Facebook, she would likely have gone to the bookstore to buy collections of these uplifting stories. First published in 1993, which best-selling series of nonfiction books am I talking about? Many, many specific versions have been released over the years for demographics such as teens, Christians, adopted children, dog lovers, and NASCAR fans, among others. Uh, yeah, I'm very much locked in here. Yeah, I think I was waiting for this to come up in the 
uh, <laughs> once you got the themes, this would be the... All right. uh, Jay, what'd you have? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is chicken soup for the soul. Chicken Brian, soup for the soul. It is absolutely chicken soup for the soul. Do you know if they've made one for uh, trivia fans? Uh, no, that is an untapped market, and I know an author who we should contact about that is in the room right now. Jeff, I was alluding to right secret now. upcoming projects. How did you... <sighs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to call you out on that one. Jay wants to do kind of what Kramer did on Seinfeld. So Kramer made a coffee table book that is also a coffee table. Jay wants to make chicken soup for the soul for trivia, but it but also comes with soup. Book. Oh, yeah. But it has soup. It has soup. soup. Yeah. They, yeah. They Minestra just, Meritata, just to be ironically clear. <laughs> Love it. Um, hey, let's go to number eight. You, this one is um, about soup. <laughs> oh, good. A change stupid. of pace. <laughs> number eight on display at the museum of modern art andy warhol's campbell's soup cans might be the most recognizable and famous piece of pop art ever produced in which decade did warhol create this iconic painting oh goody uh i wish i had thunder on this i really truly did uh first guess that came to mind is it feels like it's a very 60s piece but now i'm second guessing myself uh, I don't think it goes as far back as the 40s. I don't know if Warhol was really producing, especially in pop art. Pop art feels very post 1950s, so that would take the 40s and 50s off. I I can't imagine it was produced in my lifetime, and I was born in 81, so that really gets me down to 60s and 70s. And the question is, do I go with my gut when there is potentially the game on the line here, or do I invert it and assume Ryan uh, is on a different wavelength than me? You know, I'm going down with the ship. Uh, I'm going to say the 1960s. Right, and Brian. I had the same thought. I actually was wondering whether it might be the late late fifties, but I also went with the sixties. It was at the very beginning of the nineteen sixties. Whoo, mama! I will take that. <laughs> if any of you would have just said sixties by itself, I would have done my favorite pedantic thing and been like, "Oh, like the six year sixty BC or year sixty AD." Excellent. No, that's the wrong decade. Uh, and then giving you the points because I'm not. Yeah, you know, Ryan. I was just wondering why we haven't hung out in person. And then I immediately stopped uh, wondering. <laughs> it's there's a there's like a ten ten hour car ride between. Yeah, I've us, done more for less. All right. Um. Hey. Question number nine. A slightly dated American expression meaning from beginning to end is from soup to what? This is indicative of a full course meal, and these are typically served after dinner but before dessert. Yeah, I think I've got this one. And I. I've heard the phrase soup to nuts, so I'm just going to assume it's that. And if that's correct, I had no idea of the derivation. So uh, can I and can I just copy paste what Brian just said? Because that's that's exactly where I was. I'm like, soup to nuts is a thing. I didn't know it was this thing. I didn't know that this is the origin of that thing, but I can't think of anything else it is. So soup to nuts. Yeah, it's not those ones, but it's these ones. Nuts <laughs> is correct. OK, um, final question, France. <laughs> I can picture the guy right now. American hero. Question 10. Which word precedes soup in the term scientists use to refer to the hypothetical set of conditions on Earth around 4 billion years ago? I'm going to go out on a high note here. Locked in. Ooh. And I'm Thunder. pretty sure this is the primordial soup. Yeah, Andrew? absolutely. Primordial soup here. Primordial soup is absolutely correct. Well done. Um, Jeff... That's the end of our questions. Where does that leave us? Brian, uh, excellent performance today. You also had a, a streak of four 
uh, to yourself. Um, you scored 14, which is better than uh, pretty much every one of your other cohorts in this round. So nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Unfortunately, today, I hate to say it, Jay uh, just had just that game. And uh, that game was worth 25 points, uh, which is which is far and away the, the best, highest score we have had. A record. In uh, the semifinal round. So, wow, an amazing uh, showing from you both today. Um, certainly something to be proud of. Um, but unfortunately, Brian, we, we're going to have to bid you adieu um, with uh, what's very sad um, since you, you put together such a great game. But is there anything you'd like to, to say before we uh, we show you off? I would just say that, you know, I feel like if I were like the redeemed team coming back and then just getting curmed stopped by the dream team because that was just ran into a buzzsaw there with Jay. <laughs> I can't just shrug your shoulders and say, well done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even tell, uh, the, the fine folks at home, how you went out. Apparently you just, you did trip and fall into a buzzsaw, but didn't realize Jay had set up a, a sawmill, um, below you, um, in, instead of a an entire classic middle. punji pit. But, and your, uh, your bones, uh, provided the bone marrow for a soup that we're making for your soul. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you fell into the pit and you were screaming Fa! and we're like yeah that is what your bones are going to be used for yeah. so. <laughs> at least I'm giving <laughs> feels very Shell Silverstein of you uh, and uh, I will say uh, Jay again excellent performance uh, Any uh, anything you want to say in parting before we see you in, in the final round yeah, definitely. I want to make sure the listeners know that that game was much closer than the final outcome determined. Uh, Brian, I think you got like seven of them and I got eight. So it just it just so happened or, or eight or nine or whatever. Uh, eight, uh, eight to nine. Um, yeah. So it really was that whoo! close. Yeah. And I had a couple of really lucky guesses in there. So that absolutely could have gone either way, Brian. Very well played. A pleasure to meet you. Uh, good luck in your future quiz endeavors. May I never have to meet you again on the field of battle. <laughs> I well, appreciate it. And uh, Ryan, uh, thanks again. Um, what a tasty game you put together for us today. I uh, really enjoyed it. Full of sodium. <laughs> just We're all just a bunch of crackers in Ryan's world. Well, thank you very much to Brian and Jay and Ryan, of course, for your questions. Uh, we will see you next week for our final in the New Zealand-Australia Sector 2 to find out who the final eight are going to be in the official blood sport uh, of uh, of the future of the past of the present, um, the blood sport you've been waiting for, our uh, eight episode uh, tournament, also known as season three. Season three. Uh, so yes, thank you to everyone on this episode. We look forward to seeing you uh, next week. Uh, but before we go, we just want to say thank you to our network, Airwave Media, which you can find at airwavemedia.com. There's a bunch of shows that you can find over there, like our friends over at Good Job Brain, The Scientific Melody. And uh, and soup to nuts, which is not a real podcast. I just made it up. Uh, but you can also check out this week in travel. Uh, but if you're keen on starting soup to nuts, uh, we wish you uh, the best of luck. And uh, we will see you next week on another episode of Triviality Bloodsport. Actually, Neil, that gives me a good idea. Um, we're gonna have a podcast where we hate soup. It's gonna be called Nuts to Soup. There you go, <laughs> Nuts to Soup uh, in your ears uh, very soon. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. 
I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.